Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, Kings fans? If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcast, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor, it's totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. This is for you, Kings fans, wherever you may be. All the frustration and disappointment of the past is gone. The 45-year drought is over. The Los Angeles Kings are indeed the kings of the National Hockey League. They are the 2012 Stanley Cup champions. Cleared away by the Kings, picked up by Martinez. Martinez to Clifford, feeds it right side to Foley with a shot. Save, rebound, score! Alec Martinez has won the Stanley Cup for the Los Angeles Kings. And royalty reigns again in the NHL. Kings fans, and welcome to the Hockey Royalty Podcast, the unofficial podcast of RickRoyalty.com. I'm Scott Kendall, and before we get going, we want to let you know that you can find us on social media. You can find us on Twitter at Rick Royalty and also at Royalty underscore pod. You can find us on Facebook at the Hockey Royalty Podcast. I believe that's where you can find us on Instagram and TikTok as well. So we have a very interesting show lined up for you today. Interestingly, in the fact that we have no guests, we don't normally do this, but we've got it as a whole. We want to have different for you, the listeners. So what we're going to have is the Hockey Royalty Podcast Happy Hour. That's right, the Happy Hour. We're all going to sit around and drink and talk some hockey. <laughs> so if we have too many drinks, folks, just know that we cannot be responsible for our opinions by the end of the show. So to get going, I want to bring in our cast of our flies. First of all, our leader, the guy who makes the, the straw that stirs the drink, the North Star of Rick Royalty, if you will, Mr. Ryan Sykes. How are you and what are you drinking? 
Hey, Scott. Doing well. Uh, I happen to have in my hand a Kentucky bourbon barrel ale. It is from Lexington Brewing Company out of, obviously, Lexington, Kentucky. It is very tasty. It's uh, 8.2% alcohol. I've, I've had worse. <laughs> um, wow. Yeah, it's good. All right. So so you might be on the floor by the first half hour. I might be. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, now you made me feel real bad because I'm just drinking uh, Labatt Blue Light here. So, I, you know, I'm going for quantity. <laughs> Anyways, up next, the guy who is the master of analytics, our emperor of analytics, if you will, at Rank Royalty. The guy who can answer any question you got. If you change the question, he still has the answer. Mr. Russell Morgan. What's going on, Russ? What's going on, fellas? Uh, I am over here drinking uh, Guava Dia. It's from uh, over here at Golden Road Brewing down the street here in Los Angeles. Pretty tasty. A little, a little prettier for my taste, but it's pretty good. Nice. Very nice. And uh, just how much alcohol per volume, but just to see if we can top Ryan. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's definitely not higher than Ryan's. That's that's, ah! that's for damn sure. But um, I couldn't find the percentage, so I'll get back to you on that. <laughs> okay. We'll, we'll see who gets the hat trick of BAC over here. Up next, <laughs> our college boy, the king of the campus, Mr. Sam Ortolani. What's happening, Sam? What's up, guys? How are you? Um, I'm not drinking in as exciting of a beer as you guys. I'm just kicking into a little blue moon. It's my favorite standard beer. So uh, yeah. uh, not, not as interesting Thanks, as you guys. Man. I'm not looking to pass out in my chair off 8.5s, Ryan. <laughs> Hey, it's it's eight point two. Oh, eight point two, eight point two. All right, my bad. It's a yeah, big difference. Yeah. So, so he can have three instead of four. It'll be all right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's not get crazy here. Yeah, right. Up next, coming to us from north of the border, representing our fans up in Canada, the guy who provides us with all those quick, hard-hitting write-ups that nobody else can. Mister Jack Weber, how's things in Leafsland, Leafs my friend? <laughs> Pretty good. I mean, the city hasn't burned down uh, since, since the last game seven, so that's that's a positive development. Dude, but what's well, up with good. the Are CN Tower turning red? Yeah. What's up with the CN Tower tower changing colors? Well, that was so funny. I don't know why they thought like that was. I don't know. It's like it's this. It's this thing. Some people have this idea that like any hockey fans in Canada just want a Canadian team to win the Stanley Cup. And it's like, for the most part, that's not true. People want their team to win the Cup. Leafs fans aren't going to cheer for the Habs if they go to the Cup final. Are you kidding me? <laughs> that's funny because I feel like there's some, like, facade in the uh, in the U.S. where, like, all of Canada gets behind, like, one one team when they get going far. I'm sure some people do, but. Yeah, I think I if you're, if you're like, a casual hockey fan, maybe you're like, oh, you know, it would be kind of cool. I'll cheer for the Canadian team that's left, but. If you're like a diehard Leafs fan, you're not cheering for the goddamn Habs. Or you... <laughs> 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 so that was a I saw a lot of Leaf fans like, "Are you kidding me? Like our own city is like pouring salt in the wound here." And like, well, what's, what's going on? <laughs> Let me ask you something. Did they ever find out whose idea that was, and did they track him down? I, I don't know who's responsible for lighting the the CN Towers uh, colors, but uh, <laughs> for, for for his or her sake, I hope people don't find out. Oh, come on, Jack, your is way better than that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. And last but certainly not least, we got a special treat tonight, guys, because normally 
the guy who was behind the scenes making all of this happen is coming out from behind the curtain. It's like when they pulled the curtain back on the Wizard of Oz. He is the phantom of the opera of rank royalty, if you will. The one, the only, Mr. Manny Chang. What's happening, Manny? What's up, guys? Unlike the Leafs, I actually showed up tonight. That was good. Producer Manny. No, but by the way, if you're a Leafs fan and you're still blaming Jack Campbell, screw you, man. Yeah, right. <laughs> Campbell, Campbell had a better save percentage than Price in that series. He was unreal. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like, the, yeah, the goal he gave up to Gallagher in Game Seven that was not a good goal. But overall, like, like he's the last person they should be blaming for that series. Oh no, no doubt. Sure. But guys, no, it feels great to uh, come out from the behind the curtains, per se, as uh, our guy Scott said. And, uh, you know, I just talk a little bit, enjoy some hockey. I actually have my new Amster um, Barstool Pink Lemonade sitting right over there. I'm waiting so my Frenchie can stop jumping around from to get it. And now she'll want some, and that's not a good thing. <laughs> By the way, it's eight, it's, it says it says 8.7. It might be a little bit stronger than that. Oh, <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Brian, you just got edged out on the alcohol Art Ross trophy. <laughs> oh, <Fine> man. <laughs> See, he's already had too many. <laughs> he still is. All right. So, anyways, uh, what do we want to start off with, guys? The uh, the World Championships are over. The IIHF World Championships. Uh, Team Canada coming back very impressively. Haven't lost the first three games, and they come back to take the gold. So, what are you guys' thoughts on the as a tournament as a whole? A lot of medals for the Kings. Huh? What? Like, what, didn't they say they got like nine medals out of that between Canada, yeah. Canada, Canada, Finland, USA? Yeah. yeah. Nine. I mean, kind of two things there. It was kind of shocking to see the U.S. get stopped in their tracks against Canada, and then it was odd to see Canada come out of the 03 hole and take it all. You know, USA yeah, for Mondi quite a Mondi. while there. Yeah, exactly. Uh, USA for a while there just looks so dominant. Mm-hmm. I thought they were going to have at least an easy path to the finals. <clears throat> um, actually messaged one of our other writers, uh, Ryan Cowley on here, when uh, Finland took the one nothing lead in the finals, it'd be like, I, I messaged him, I'd be like, you know, if Finland wins this, I don't doesn't it just seem kind of odd? Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I felt like the well, I was right. I actually was just, well, I didn't watch the Walker tournament. I did watch here. that gold medal game, and and Walker almost cost Canada the game. There was like ten minutes left in the third. I think it was two one uh, Finland, and he got two and a ten for like a check from behind, and Finland didn't score on the power play. But I, I for a second I thought they were gonna give him five. And I'm like, oh shit. But they killed off the penalty and then uh, ended up tying it up and winning it, so bailed him out. Well, Manny, you're going to have to mark this episode as explicit, so carry on. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. The only thing, the only I thing that I... Recording. <laughs> yeah. um, the only thing I'll say about the whole thing is that it's, to me, it kind of resembles Team USA in basketball. It's not, it doesn't matter how you start, it's how you finish. And no matter what level the Canadian team is at, no matter if it's in the Olympics with the pros or now with the juniors or whatever, it always seems like the talent always prevails, right? And no matter how much Team USA shows in the beginning, because I've been sucked into that, gotten so excited. I mean, I even bought a TJ Oshie jersey 
It's sitting right there in my closet. I think, Manny, I think, I think he's still taking shootouts, right? <laughs> well, he's not doing anything lately on the ice. <laughs> five, five on the power play. Was that like 11 or 12 in a row? Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> so it's like no matter how much Team USA impresses us in the beginning, whenever they face Canada, it's like you know you just it's it's not even a matter of just crossing your fingers. It just it's like okay, well, it's Canada. No matter who's on the ice, you know that game is going to be sixty minutes of just battle, and more than likely the talent's going to mm-hmm. show out, and eventually Canada wins. And look at that; they were down in the third against Finland, which you know they look really good and talented, even when they took the lead. I was like, this game's far from over, right? I mean, it's Team Canada, right? It's like, there's no, this game is not going to end the way it's going to end. And then, yeah, except in the World Juniors. Every time it's Canada, USA in the gold medal game at the Juniors, you guys beat us. It's very frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jack, as a Canadian, what would, what would you rather have, a World Championship or the ju- World Junior? Oh, World Juniors, for sure. Okay, just check. Why? Just check. Well, why? Uh, why World, I just find World Juniors is, is more fun and, uh, I mean, okay. Like it's not the case this year, but usually, like just especially when the tournaments in Canada, like they put it in like Edmonton or Saskatchewan, whenever, like the crowds just so into it, mm-hmm. and I know it's like the thing about the World Championships is it's it's in North America, it, the tournament is kind of like a bit of an afterthought because the playoffs are going on at the same time. Like that's why when you see like the European guys, you're not like, usually elite talent going there. Exactly, and it's a little different for the European teams. Like usually, whenever Washington gets knocked out of the playoffs. Like Ovechkin's on the first flight the next morning to wherever the tournament's being played because in Europe, like their seasons are over and they're watching the world championships. But if you grew up in Canada or the U.S., at this time of year, you're paying more attention to the playoffs than to the world championships. So the tournament does, I find, doesn't mean as much to the Canadian and American players. Hey, Jack, I got to ask you you turn on TSN, do they even show baseball highlights? Oh, yeah. They do. <laughs> well, well, yeah. I mean, the Jays are usually the Blue like, Jays, the Jays are, are really on the show. Yeah, and then they'll show a few other teams yeah, like Vladdy Guerrero. Oh man, Vladdy, what a season he's having! But like, you know, here the Sports Center, you know, obviously everyone knows that. Hopefully, that changes with the new ESPN Plus deal. But you'll get like you know three minutes of hockey, and then they'll switch oh. back to LeBron and. Oh yeah, yeah. whenever I'm in the yeah. whenever I've been in the states and I'm watching like ESPN like Sports Center, it's like they'll maybe show like a couple hockey highlights at the end of the show, but it's 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 almost always just like basketball and football. And, yeah. yeah. Well, no worries, Jack, because NHL tonight with John Butchergrass is back, man. Let's go. Oh, is it? <laughs> yeah. There you go. Yeah, the PK of course, I'm probably the only guy down here in. Of course, I'm like probably the only guy here in you know in South Miami that actually stayed up to watch every single game till 2 a.m. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, there might have been some insomniacs somewhere, Manny. <laughs> Too bad you couldn't find them and <laughs> hang out with them. <laughs> anything, anything to watch Luke Robitaille. Uh-huh. Yeah, right. One thing I will say about the world, I will say about the world championships is that I think it was like actually like a good thing for Kings fans to witness. I mean, we saw how well Trevor Moore did. With Team USA, we saw uh, uh, Sean Walker do well. And I think it, this actually really helped uh, Gabe Bellardi. I think Gabe Bellardi kind of needed this after the long season and kind of mm-hmm. roller coaster season he had emotionally. So I think this kind of helped him toward the end as well. Well, another thing, another thing guys, Cal Peterson's tournament just kind of solidified his, his uh, stature with the Kings, you know? 
Yeah, kind of a, a rough yeah. ending yeah, there. Absolutely. But I mean, the, the whole team kind of had a rough ending near after the Jeff Carter trade. But Cal Peterson really shined in that tournament. Oh, he did. Yeah, so, there, there's no doubt about it. No doubt. Yeah. You know, here's a here's another thing. It's funny you mentioned that with the, how the seeing how the Kings prospects did because two thoughts that I had was number one, after watching the Kings and the Rangers prospects in this tournament, the Kings and Rangers rivalry is going to be a real fun one in about three or four years. Absolutely, I'm Scott. You, I I hope that they play more than twice a year by then because yeah. that is gonna, that's going to be fun. I'm glad to see somebody agrees with me. Thanks, Sam. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully they bring back the uh, 12 cup run and they flip it around and the Rangers take this one. But uh, whoa, 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 whoa! Time out. Whoa, <laughs> I'm whoa, kidding. Whoa. I'm kidding. I'm joking. Are you a Rangers fan as well? I'm. Sam? I'm, I'm from New York. I gotta oh, be. I, 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 I grew up. I grew up in New York. I gotta be. But don't worry. I got Kings right in my back pocket always. <laughs> so what, what was that 2014 final like for you? Was that uh, it was. It was dead. I think I was probably yay close to my TV screen, like shedding tears. So. I mean, Alec Martinez off like a 40-foot play off the pad. I'll never forget that. It was ridiculous. Lunk was basically like pulled both his groins trying to get to it and still couldn't get there. Oh, that picture of that picture of Lundqvist after that goal is just, uh, he's, he just starfished immediately. Yeah, yeah. I was, yeah. Yes, Sam, I was gonna I still say, have that you, picture hanging in my garage. Yeah. Did you time how long he was down on the ice for? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think I just I couldn't stop looking at him or feeling for him, honestly. Yeah. I mean, I think Daryl uh, yeah. Sutter ended up having to step over him, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard. I mean, I mean, maybe I'm a little biased, but I don't think there's another goalie in uh, hockey that deserves a ring more than Henrik Lundqvist, to be honest. Oh, I agree. But that guy, probably, yeah, that would definitely be the icing on the cake. There's like, like, just, I mean, I'll, 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 whoa, 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 Roberto Luongo, baby. Okay, all right, all right, all right. But, but, yeah, but I'd still give it to Hank over him. Like, when Vancouver didn't make a couple – Good well, Vancouver runs, couldn't but... win a damn game on the road. No, they couldn't. That's that's what I mean. It, it comes to like a collective team uh, effort, I think, when they look at like overall skill set of a, of a career. But mm-hmm. I think that uh, Luongo's obviously like right sitting in the same chair as Lundqvist, yeah. maybe. Yeah, but, but hey, listen, right? Isn't he the? Yeah, but yeah. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but Jack isn't Luongo the GM? Yeah, he's right. Right. He he was the end of the world of the world's team. Yeah. Yeah. The world's team. Yeah. So I mean, there's there's things here and there. Yeah, he was like uh, some operations for the uh, president of operations for something too. I think he had two titles for the World Juniors team, which is pretty cool. He was multitasking. Um, But yeah, Manny, does he work for the Panthers in some capacity now? Yes. Yes. Um, He was. Sorry, my French is acting crazy all of a sudden. Um, Yes, he was. (laughs) Never mind. You know, here's a little funny story about that 14 Cup Finals for you guys. So my father is a diehard Ranger fan, big time, right? So right. we made the mistake of having a few beers and trying to watch game two together. Ooh. And that Dwight King goal damn near caused a fist fight in our house. It was unbelievable. <laughs> my mother, who actually is like was one of the most quietest people in the world, had to actually stand up and get between us. That's how bad it was. You know? <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was Suffice to say, Dad didn't stick around for the double overtime. He stormed out after about, eh, I think it was the third period. That was the end of that. Yeah. <laughs> Family love. Well, you gotta was, love it. I, I've been pretty nervous about, like, you know, day day of game seven, like, Leafs, Habs here. I, I kind of, like, I went through a walk to the store, and I was wearing, like, a Habs hat, and I was just like, am I going to get beaten up here or something? 
And uh, <laughs> I actually saw more people like wearing like Hab shirts. I'm like, yeah, go Habs. And there were like no yeah. no 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 Leafs fan wanted to say anything. So I could tell how nervous they were for the night. They were like not in the mood to trash talk at all. Uh, wow, Jack. Jack, we talked about it with uh, Panyota last week, but. Um... We, we mentioned the the guy with the tucked in sweater that was oh, yeah, walking yeah. around the bell center <laughs> like enjoy your last game. Yeah, he cursed you know, me. He, he never wear a dress shirt with a with a sweater and tuck it in. But, but he spent thousands of dollars for tickets to that game. Right. To, you know, watch his team lose, and now now he gets mocked for that. And you know, so I think I think Leafs fans are just. <laughs> This might be the last time they, they show faith in their team before they actually win something in the playoffs. There, so. No, that won't happen. Uh, yeah, they'll be, <laughs> no. be back next year. You know, just one last thing to wrap up with those world championships. I want to ask you guys something because I have to be perfectly honest with you. Watching games on the Olympic-sized ice irritates the crap out of me. And mm-hmm. one other question is, what in the hell is that symbol and the center ice for the International Ice Hockey Federation? What is that? <laughs> It looks like something we went out of a gumball machine, right? Yeah, that's, honestly, that's honestly a great thought, Scott. I, I've definitely looked at that Centerize logo and been like, it, it looks like it looks like the pride flag almost. It's like just dotted all over the ice. It's just rainbow dots for the face. I, I just don't know what it's it is. Sense. Yeah. It, it just kind of looks like a wing that got cut in half or something. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I, it's, <laughs> it's really weird. But anyways, yeah. There's just way too much room on that Olympic ice. I don't know. Maybe it's just old school and like the hard hard. I was actually going to go up against you on the contrary and say I kind of like the more room to work with because you see guys try stuff that they don't try, I feel like, on regulation size. Like really use the the huge gap they got behind the net. That's where a lot of it is bigger. It utilizes the banks off the back of the net all the time. They'll skate back there freely, I feel like, more often than instead of just breaking it out. But um, I I can see why people don't like it. Because uh, there's a lot, I mean, a lot more room to work with. I feel like, but uh, maybe not as yeah. many goals because a lot of more surface area. But I don't know. Well, you know what, you know what it is, Sam. Too is I actually have to work to follow the game that way, and I don't want to work. I'm lazy. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. I'll give you that one. I'll give you that. <laughs> I got to move my eyes all over the screen. It's like, what's going on here? Come on. <laughs> oh. So, anyways, we had some uh, some Kings news that uh, I believe it was Russell that broke it for Rink Royalty, wasn't it? A couple of signings, I believe, right? Oh, I no, I don't think I broke. I think they announced the Helga Ryan signings. Uh, LA Kings announced them both. Announced Harry Ray. Well, no, but I, the... he sent it to us, Scott. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's what I mean. That's what I meant. I broke you know, it to it's... you guys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So tell us all about it. Yeah, so Hug Grand signed his ELC. Um, I don't think it, I think it kind of came out of nowhere, but it was kind of expected. He just finished with Malmo. Um, I mean, I, I, I would say it's expected for him to play in Ontario next year. I know he's only 18 years old, but solid right, right-hand right shot defenseman who's really known for his offensive game more than he is for his uh, defensive game. I think there's a little bit of work that needs to be done there. But, yeah, I mean, he's six foot three, I think six foot five on skates and can skate really well. So you're talking about a player who's like Quentin Byfield playing defense. That's, that's a raw talent that you, if you can grow – into something, then he can be a top four defenseman easily. So I think the Kings will want to keep him close like they did with uh, Bjornfoot and keep him with Ontario. So I would expect him with playing games up there in the Toyota Center next season. It's good to get him over here at least, get him in the system, get him acclimated to the North American game. 
Like, I don't expect really to see him with the Kings next year, but be interesting to see what he does in Ontario. Yeah, yeah the guys, right side I, of the yeah. defense. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Man. Yeah, no, no. Um, I, it's it's going to be finally great to being able to have those opportunities per se for a young for for especially a team with all these young guys, all this talent, as they say, right? That's there. But if you can grow them, like you know, slowly without just you know having them go out there right from the get go. I think sometimes for a couple of them, it might you know, like the pressure might be too much. I'm not saying that they can't prevail, but to have that just that regular feel to a season, being able to now say, well, we know it's going to kick off. Like for like for the NHL, um, um, because I work for the Panthers, they already told us expect to be back, you know, September. Yeah, which and tells it's... me which tells me that in October it's back to normalcy again, right? Mm-hmm. It's regular yeah. season. Everything else is going to follow it. So for these young guys to finally get that opportunity of being able to do things that they haven't been able to do in almost two years, that to me, along with being able to, like Jack said, get in the system, relate to it, work on it, look at it on film, and then once that call happens again to go up again, I think that experience cannot be taught. That experience cannot be shown. It has to be lived. It has to be done with you, you know, with you doing it. So I think that's going to be a major factor for Bjornfoot and these guys in company to get that type of opportunity that in all essence was taken away from them because of this whole pandemic. Yeah. And it's cool because we've almost like had this past season. It has almost been like the first wave of Kings prospects that have just joined with Ontario and Bjornfoot kind of started that in Kupari. And we kind of were just like waiting with anticipation for them to crack the NHL lineup. And now we're doing the same thing with like Turcotte and Byfield and all them, but it's nice to have that second wave coming up in the back. So that way it's almost like a, like a tide that's coming in. You have those first like waves of prospects rolling in. And it's fun to watch if you're a Kings fan. Yes, the ocean of prospects. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> we have, so, you we, know have what? we only have lakes here, Russell. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the great the great lakes. There's not much tide. I'm a Huntington Beach guy, so <laughs> I, like, I like the water. Yeah. Oh. But, you know, I mean, speaking of, of Kings defensemen that are playing overseas, I mean, I, so I get, you know, Granz is going to be coming over. I, I kind of thought that he might stay over in the SHL for one more year, but from what they're saying there for the, the Red Hawks, he's gone. He's he's mm-hmm. coming over. So it looks like Kim uh, Nosainen, or Nosainen, I'm sorry, I always screw this name up, so bear it's with me. I, I yeah, it's me. tough. I, I've heard a bunch of different pronunciations of it. Mm-hmm. Right. So I've just anyways, been calling I mean, Kim Newson in. I knew it's not right, yeah. but it's the easiest to say. Well, that's what I thought it was. And then I was fast Sunday and he can tell us how to pronounce it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> so, anyways, he had a pretty good season over in Liga over in Finland. And I, I kind of wonder if it wouldn't benefit the Kings to have him come on over too. I, what do you guys think? Uh, I was chatting with the director of European Scouting. Um, Russell, his name is slipping my memory. Uh, Lassie, I think, is his name. You're yeah, chat- I think that's you're the last chatting. Name. I think yeah. you're, you're chatting with him. That's why I brought it up. Mm-hmm. Um, I asked him, and he said that uh, he's under contract with Calpa for next year. So I'm not sure I would expect him to come over. I, I also don't know if he can get out of that contract. Yeah, his, right. his, 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 like like Scott mentioned, he had a really good season over in Liga. Um, I don't I don't remember the the team he was actually playing for, but yeah, then- Calpa. Calpa, 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 that's right. Yeah. And and he just had a, a pretty good uh world world championship too for a young defenseman uh to be playing with the men in the world championships. 
I mean, that's that's great experience. I mean, like like Gabe Velarde kind of game playing for Canada. So I, I saw the hot hockey prospecting uh, comparables, and it's looking pretty good. And his, his improvement's been there too. So I mean, you're talking about a dynamic left left shot defenseman that the Kings have been looking for. I know he's only 20 years old, but he's looking good. So maybe it, maybe you wait a little bit, and bring him up. Well, so you know what? I guess that begs the question because I mean, the the talk of the off season was that the Kings have got to go after a dynamic, young, left-handed defenseman, right? Now, what we're talking about here is two defensemen already that are sounding like they're going to be pretty exciting prospects. Don't forget, you got Jordan Spence coming through the system, too. So let me ask you guys something. Is it absolutely imperative for the Kings to go out and make a big deal right now in this offseason for that young, dynamic, left-handed defenseman? Or do you think maybe that they can get maybe a couple of dynamic forwards in the offseason and ride the defense they got. Uh, well, look, so one way or another, we can't have like Curtis McDermott playing like eighty percent of the games next year. So, <laughs> well said, Jack. <laughs> you, you stole that off of my mind. I'm like, okay. Okay, so we're McDermott's talking about play. dynamic defense, <laughs> Jack. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, if, if we got to go out and add someone ex- externally, so that you know, so that's we don't need to do that again. Then that would be great. Um, yeah, you know, I think it really depends just what the team's timeline is. It sounds like, you know, I mean, the report I think was from Darren Drager the other day that the Kings are going to be aggressive this offseason. I think he specifically mentioned up front, but uh, it wouldn't surprise me if they look for help on the blue line as well. It does seem like uh, the team does want to take a step forward competitively next year. And I think they could use probably at least one defenseman, you know, preferably from the left side. Uh, so, so that wouldn't surprise me at all. You know, the guys like, you know, Kopitar and Doughty, they don't want to wait for, like, the Helga Grons and the Kim Nussiainens to come help in three years. You know, they want to take a, a step forward next year. Yeah, I mean, we kind of talked to, talked about it off the air, but I'd be more inclined to add the a couple of uh, top six forwards first. Yeah. And then see if your scoring from the blue line comes along with it. Um, from yeah. the other guys, you know, Mikey Anderson taking another step up. He was mm-hmm. starting to take more shots down the end of the, towards the end of the season. Uh, another full season of Tobias Bjornfoot maybe getting more comfortable and take firing some shots on net. But Kings have to score. They struggled with secondary scoring all year long. Mm-hmm. You know who I yeah, think actually we, could benefit the most would have been Sean Walker if they can get some dynamic forwards in there. Yeah, yeah, I think there was, there, there, it seemed like there was a little bit of hate towards Sean Walker toward the end of the year. I mean, or at the beginning of the year, and then he kind of blossomed and got those uh, points and was doing pretty well offensively. But, I mean, at the beginning of the season, we got to remember, he took that nasty hit or slap shot from Matt Dumba yeah. and kind of, like, messed up his whole face for, like, a, a whole month. So, I mean, yeah. we can't really put that much on us. But when, when he started, like, getting comfortable on the ice – then you started started seeing some off- offensive production. He was being more aggressive on the down on, down low and taking the puck up, up toward the front of the net. So you were seeing that kind of growth. So that whole the whole talk about like trading for a, a left shot defenseman, yeah, I'm totally I'm totally for that. I mean, it, obviously, it would probably replace like an Olimata, or if we have to include Tobias Bjornfoot in that trade for maybe like a Zach Rowenski, I'm all for that. I mean, Zach Rowenski, we're talking about a QB on the power play for us, and that second power play unit needs some work. Yeah, just to kind of piggyback off you, Russell, I mean, uh, Sean Walker, he took the slap shot to the face and he played with the cage for, uh, I forget how long, two, three, four weeks or whatever it was till he was uh, normal again. And yeah, Manny, you're showing us, Kings had the fifth fewest goals in the league last year. Um, you got to score to win, baby. 
Yeah. You're not winning a lot of games when you're ranked 27th out of 31 teams in the league. I am so sorry. Yeah, you know what's, <laughs> what's funny is I was just going to chime in and say right before you said that was I don't think the Kings have a pure one pure goal scorer. Maybe this, I wouldn't even call Kopitar a pure goal scorer. He's a great playmaker, and like mm-hmm. I think they need to do at least one, maybe even two big signings of guys who can naturally put the puck in the net or – be a part of the play that can put the puck in the net because as you just pulled up being 27, you can't, you can't roll with that and just hope for it to change out of thin air. You got to make, you got to make a big move. And I think Kings have been a little down the dumps as recently and they need to, they need to do a big move for the organization in the offseason. I think they need to do one big name, at least maybe two to change the team dynamic and morale. Yeah. And yeah, just absolutely. one more thing yeah, that, that I want to say needs to be improved. The yeah, yeah. first line just, left wing needs to be improved. Yeah. yeah. And just one more thing. We can't rely on Dustin Brown to score every single time on the power play or anything like that. Right. right. That's, just, that's just. I mean, he, he's a veteran. He's been doing it for years, but you, you can't still pound and beat a dead horse on him and say, well, you're our guy. Like, you need to give him some this league. This league is about young stars that can score, right? And it's it's so crazy how yet the Kings have all these prospects, but they yet haven't been able to grow, to grow per se. So, yeah. Ryan, go ahead. I'm so sorry. No, that's all right. I was about to raise both hands and then start throwing, <laughs> throwing things. If I couldn't speak, <laughs> let, let me speak, goddammit. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, I've seen a lot of people clamoring for Dustin Brown to be protected for the expansion draft. He's going to be 37 in November, and he's got one year left on his deal. Yeah, no go. I, I don't see the Seattle Kraken taking him if he's on an expiring contract. Yeah. Yeah, if we're no. keeping him for some, like, I mean, for what he's done with the franchise, I mean, I somewhat get it. But from a hockey or business decision, like, the Kraken aren't going to take on a 37-year-old who signed for one more year. No chance. $5.6 million. I mean, no if, if, maybe if they want to make the cap floor and make him, like, the future. But, yeah, he's 37 years old. I mean, that's not. I mean, that's older in the in the hockey game. So yeah, it was I mean, also it was also left unprotected for the Vegas draft too, guys. Yeah, yeah. He, he kind of looked like he was he was exactly. at that point a few years ago, right? And now he's kind of right. bounced back a bit. And, and the thing is, like, if they don't take Brown, I mean, they got to take someone from us, right? So I don't know. I, you know, I think there's a possibility of maybe losing, you know, a defenseman. I think there's a. I, I mean, I think there's a big opportunity for the Kings here to take on like two more forwards before the expansion draft to help teams out. And I think that's where we're going to see the trades. Um, I think a listener question had a question just like this, but um, we'll get back to him. But I think he asked like, if we're going to have trades before the expansion draft. And I, I think that's where they're going to happen. I mean, it's if probably teams are afraid of, of te- if teams are afraid of losing players at the expansion draft, then they're going to look for teams that have the slots available. Like, do we want to protect uh, Carl Grundstrom and an Andreas Anthonisiu. Like, I mean, I don't think. I mean, if they took one of those players, yeah, that's fine. But like, and like Ryan mentioned, are we going to protect Dustin Brown if they go seven forwards? I mean, it's. I mean, I don't know, Ryan. You probably know the list better than I do. But we, I, I, there's spots available to if we don't leave players protected. Yeah. Also, I was going to say real. Go ahead. No, go ahead, no, Sam. Yeah. Uh, I was just going to say like uh, Dust, more on Dustin Brown. I almost think that. Like you guys said, 37 years old, Seattle's definitely not going to want that burden. Um, I almost think it's, as as weird as it sounds to say, the best value is to hang on to him, obviously, I think, just till him uh, retires out as a king. Um, because 
if you're going to even look at trading the guy, his trade value is like smidgens. Like you're, you're going to get like a bag of, a bag of pucks and maybe a fourth liner for mm-hmm. the, for the guy at this point, just cause he's old. I mean, he's not, he's not bad, but he's not, he's not, yeah. he's not, he's not the captain Dustin Brown and he got stripped of a letter of like, he's, he's not, that's not him. No, he's a I special would, you know team player. I, yeah. <laughs> actually, I, I have to disagree with all that. Now I'm not saying that yeah. they would give a first round pick, but look what they got for Jeff Carter. Nobody thought that they were going to get a third and a fourth rounder that could become second and third rounders for Jeff Carter the way he was playing. And Jeff yeah, but Pittsburgh was desperate though, Scott. Yeah, Pittsburgh was desperate because you know? they know that because right, right now it's all, it's about Morgan and Crosby. There's nobody else on there that they could actually say right. we trust on our third lines to even do any type of scoring. So that, so they're going to be you know to say you know what if it if it takes the third and the fourth let's do it. Now, if you find a team that's able to do that with Dustin Brown, thank you, Dustin. But well, at, at the end of the day, yeah. this team hasn't won lately. Yeah, right? you got to move on. But don't forget. Yeah, well, don't forget. At the trade deadline, though, at the trade deadline, Dustin Brown's name was getting bounced around like crazy. Islanders. But yeah. look, look where oh, yeah. he is. Look where he is. I, 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 I understand it. I totally get that. Yeah. And I'm not, believe me, I'm not saying that they would get a massive haul for him. I'm not saying that at all. Yeah. What I am well, saying is that if. And especially like Manny just said, you get a team that gets into a desperate situation. Hey, but anyways, maybe yeah. and maybe that's just because I'm an unapologetic Dustin Brown fan. So there. <laughs> and, and there, there has been an undeniable trend over the last couple of years of the Kings trading players, and then those players suddenly playing way better with their new teams, from Tyler <laughs> Toffoli to Alec Martinez to Jeff Carter this year. So you know, maybe some team looks at Dustin Brown's like, hey, maybe he'll pick it up, and we trade for him too. I'm surprised I'm, we haven't talked about quick yet. Yeah. Well. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I don't know. That one. Yeah. That one's gonna hurt me more than anything. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm already here with his three jerseys in my closet. Yep. Is it time? Is it time? <laughs> yeah. And I looked at it today in, a, in an article. But if the Kings were to protect eight skaters rather than the seven forwards, three defensemen, I'm sure other people have the same question. The only advantage that the Kings gain with that is to be able to protect Kale Plague. Otherwise, you yeah, leave. Otherwise, you leave. Leah Sanderson, Carl Grundstrom. Um, I'm forgetting some other forwards. Uh, potentially, Trevor, Athanas- Trevor Moore. I, I haven't protected on my list. Oh, you haven't. Um, okay. But Athanasio, Athanasio, if he's re- resigned. Um, but you get what I'm saying. You know, guys that they've given up uh, assets for. You know, uh, Leah Sanderson was uh, given up for a second round pick. I think you you got to protect him. So my point yeah, is, but, yeah, I, I think. Yeah, go ahead. I was just just to conclude. Sorry, right. I think they're going to go with the seven three. Yeah, I think, and like I mentioned, I mean, we there's open spots available. So let's say they include a Kale Clegg in a trade, and then that way, well, well, now we don't lose Kale Clegg just for free. We put him in a nice little deal for Zach Rowenski or some other left shot defenseman. And and by the way, can we can we? St- just stop the Seth Jones to Los Angeles Kings rumors and talk. Like, what do we, what do we, why? What we have, we have Drew Doughty and Matt Roy. Like, why do we need another right handed defenseman? I mean, if someone wants to tell me Matt Roy is not as good as Seth Jones, then I'm, I'm sorry. I just, I, I'm not going to agree with that. But I mean, let's say we do get Seth Jones and we have Drew Doughty. There's a minute left and we, we're down by one goal. Who's on the ice at, at that point? I, I don't know if Seth Jones can move to the left, but. I, I just don't. I just don't see it there. Sorry, I went on a little, little tangent there. That's okay. No. You know what, right. Russ? That's what it's, we're here it's, for. it's the happy hour show. It's good. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry. It's the it's the happy two hour show. 
<laughs> it's turning into the angry yeah, right. hour for wrestling. <laughs> it's yeah, angry right. hour. <laughs> you know, though, I think there there is a lesson to be learned from the Vegas expansion draft, and that is teams cannot be afraid to lose a player. Absolutely. Look what happened when teams like Minnesota and Anaheim got terrified that they were going to, you know, lose a certain player, and they ended up far off worse. Florida, yeah, yeah. yeah. Even, I mean. Pittsburgh traded a second round picks they would take flurry. So honestly, I don't really think that with this expansion draft, you're going to see teams getting crazy trying to, you know, beg Seattle not to turn players. I just, I yeah, don't see it. It's a little shocking to look back, <clears throat> excuse me, honestly, on just how many bad trades teams made with Vegas. Like one I didn't actually even know until the other night when it was brought up was uh, so Winnipeg traded a first round pick in 2017 to Vegas. To say, hey, don't take Marco Dano or Toby Enstrom. Take Chris Thorburn, and we'll give you this first round pick. And you know, Dano didn't pan out. Enstrom only played like another year or two. And then Vegas took Nick Suzuki with that first round pick. And it's just like mm-hmm. the amount yeah. of like just incredibly. Who ended up being a part of the Vegas Pack trade? Right? I know, Manny. I, I'm sure you don't want me to bring this up, but somehow Florida ended up giving Marchessault and Riley Smith to Vegas. So they could take. Yeah, so by the way, I think me and my radio guy for the Panthers were the only ones that were really upset that it was Marshall out of all of them because we knew that he was growing, right? And so to see him leave, but to see still, you know, saying like in all honesty, like this Vegas, you know, Av series, I thought it was over. Let's be honest here after two oh, games. Definitely, definitely. And then even and then even in the third game, they were you know, the Avs were up two to one on the road. Who is the one that's, that, that went on with yeah. 10 minutes to go, created a hit, went back the other yeah. way, and just created havoc? And he hasn't stopped since, Marcia So, And everybody has carried it from that. So if there's <laughs> one player that up to this day I wish that wasn't the guy that left for the Panthers, it was Jonathan Marcia So. But it's just <laughs> things that happen, right, when you have a, a new franchise that gets that opportunity to pick guys from that, you know, thing. And I still think that Panthers did a mistake not of, you know, re, I, I forget who they re-signed before that they couldn't resign Marshall so or to match that. But it's going to be something that I know, you know, even the team executives are still thinking about because what if he was on this team, maybe he could have been that extra fire with Eggblad out that could have actually helped the Panthers against the Lightning. But you never know. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't think those executives are even with the team anymore after all that. But uh, <laughs> you know what it is? It's because Marshall so has that Lamborghini. That's why. <laughs> it's the Lamborghini, guys. <laughs> But like I mean, Scott, like like you said, I I think we will see those trades that teams made, but I don't think they're going to go to the Kraken. I think they're going to go to other teams. I mean, if you look at like a team like Carolina, they're going to probably be losing like a really good player like Jake Bean or Brady mm-hmm. Shea or someone someone pretty good. I mean, so trades are going to happen because they, these teams don't want to lo- lose these good players for free unless they really just do do want to take that chance. But I just don't. I just don't see it. I think the teams will smarten up and realize that they're going to lose a really talented player and ended up trading, and that's when they'll probably look to a team like Los Angeles. Yeah, and just to kind of wrap up this whole segment, there's yeah. going to be a lot of learning experiences from the Vegas draft applied in the Seattle draft. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I was. I was also going to say uh, similar to the draft. I think a lot of teams are going to be blindsided by who Seattle grabs from their roster. And going to have to adjust accordingly in a timely manner because, I'm, honestly, I have no idea who some of the teams they're going to go after. I, I mean, you look at the list and the breakdown of the protected guys versus the unprotected. 
And I don't really think there's a sure thing for many teams at all. I think that there's, it's all up in the air and the Kraken roster is going to be super, super interesting to look at after the draft. Honestly, I'm very curious to see who they take. Yeah, it will be interesting. There's no doubt about that. Um, I, I just, like I said, I, I don't think you're going to be seeing a lot of first round picks getting bandied about. Um, you're right, Russell, when you do say that there will be trades. I mean, I'm not saying that there won't be. I just don't think it's going to be give up the farm to, you know, avoid taking a particular player. That's that's basically what I'm saying. So, anyways, we uh, have the NHL playoffs in full swing, boys. And as we speak, the uh, the Islanders and the Bruins are playing. There's about 10 minutes left in that game right now. We're recording on Wednesday night. And uh, the playoffs. Islanders are up 4-2. to two. <laughs> Is this surprising anybody? <laughs> yeah, honestly, is this is it surprising me that they scored more than uh, at least four goals? Although they've been their offense has been looking good, and Brock Nelson. Hey, so, whew, so listen, so before the game tonight, I have uh, two of my best friends from school. I went to Marist in New York, and uh, two of my best friends from school. One's a diehard Bruins, one's diehard Isles. <laughs> so they sit in my they sat in my living room for the past week or two, just oh. absolutely chawing at each other on my couch, and. <laughs> Before the game, fun if, you, if you guys sure. caught if you guys caught the beginning of this game, the national anthem was going on, and the Coliseum just absolutely just stomped all over the singer, and they just started singing the national anthem as a stadium. Yeah. And I texted right in my group chat, and I was like, "Fellas, I'm hammering the aisles tonight. It, ha- it has to happen." <laughs> and sure enough, they're hammering the bees. I, I well, uh, Sam, well, uh, Sam, please tell your 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 friend that loves the Bruins that Bobby Orr is not walking through that door, man. <laughs> so. I mean, that's what it's going to take to get a motivation for these guys. Then again, they were down five two before, and they came back with like eight minutes, which is at right now eight oh seven, and they're down two. So you never know. It's playoff hockey this year has what? been absolutely yeah. bananas. So. But what happened yeah, to well, Taylor absolutely. Hall, man? Like, Taylor Hall was supposed to be that guy all of a sudden, and he's been shut out this whole series. Yeah, this they series, no yes. secondary scoring. Like, they have, you know, five good forwards, and nobody else ever contributes offensively. So Yeah, it's it, it's tough. And, and the, they're two completely different teams. I mean, I look at the Islanders, and they are the – I think they're the deepest team in the NHL, honestly. Yeah. Like, talk about a team who can legitimately confidently run all four lines for 60 minutes – is it's honestly pretty preposterous to me. I mean, the, the fourth line gets like 12 minutes a night or something like that. Something crazy mm-hmm. that no other team even stacks up to. And that deep teams in hockey, I think, as evidenced by this, what I'm watching right now is all the difference. I mean, you can roll your whole entire team versus just suck wind out of your first two lines. It's not – I mean, evidenced by the Kings we're looking at. They they, they grill home the one and two lines. Same yeah, I mean, defensemen. And they get killed by it. it the, you, like endurance is a big aspect of the game. I, I think, especially for the playoffs. And you know, honestly, I think uh, they do remind me. I think they're similarly built in a way to Montreal, just in a way they can kind of roll those like four lines. Agree. They don't really rely on like you know two or three guys to provide all yeah. the offense. And you see, you know, the impact that can have on a team in the playoffs. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, this playoffs well, has no been doubt. unreal. Absolutely. There's no doubt about it. And, you know, Hold if on, you look Scott, at game Scott. five of that series. Hold on. Ryan, please. I'm sorry. So sorry. I forgot <laughs> what I was going to say. Please, somebody else. Please. <laughs> <laughs> I, had my, I had my hand up for like 10 minutes. My arm is asleep. I think, you're just being, I think you're just being too polite. You got to start speaking over people. Yeah, my arm is asleep right now. <laughs> <laughs> We're supposed to be like at a bar tonight. So, you know. 
<laughs> yeah. No, I mean, what I was saying was, don't forget, game five, Boston really should have won that game. I mean, they had, what, five shots on goal? Varlamov was ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, and the Islanders are just one of those teams that are so, so opportunistic. You cannot make a mistake against them. And, you know, and going to the Bruins, where would this team be without the perfection line? That's true. Think about that for a minute. And, and I'm not saying that it's, it's trying to be, you know, like a, a jerk to Boston fans or anything like that, but you take those three players out of the equation. Yeah, you got a different, they might different not, team. Yeah, yeah you got a whole different team. I mean, I mean granted, I mean, I, I understand that teams rely on their stars, but I've never seen a team that reliant on stars as Boston is. Yeah. I mean, my, my dad always brings that up, too. He's always, oh, yeah, Ryan, you, yeah, you're definitely up. No, you're definitely up. No, I mean, if you guys were done with the, the Isles-Boston series, I was going to talk about the Vegas Avalanche series. I love it. Love that series. <laughs> I don't want to talk about that series. <laughs> Either it's, one. It's, 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 gone, it's gone total 360. Yeah, yeah, first two games for complete oh dominance God. by the Avalanche. Yeah. Even last night, the Avalanche jumped out to a 2 nothing lead, and I watched that lead evaporate, and Mark Stone gets the overtime winner. It's just like, uh, guys, I really hope we have a Game 7 here. Not only just the excitement here, but just so you know, obviously Colorado can have a chance. I don't think anybody was touching them this, this playoffs. Dude, Mark Stone is that dude. Oh, I yeah. That dude. I've been saying it. like The Senators did not get enough for that player. He's so good and i mean I, I i saw this series going to seven so i mean it's not that big of a surprise i thought i thought vegas looked a little sluggish against minnesota and obviously they started sluggish in this series but now we're starting to see when they when they're they can skate well together and alex tuck is per- producing now no his Mark, goal Mark last Stone night guys good. oh my yeah. gosh uh, man, that's I'm, a group so hour by surprise contract he's so good and Stone's, yeah. Stone's overtime sniz in the corner was unreal, too. I love that. <laughs> With all the pressure in the world. Oh, man, I saw him away. get those wheels going. You saw that unreal. lettuce flowing in the sky. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it sticks out the sides. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. Doesn't that make like, his helmet look huge? I know. He almost looks like a stormtrooper, you know? He I was does. telling Russell that he looks you know, like I, he was he's a, he's the caveman in the Geico commercials. That's, that's exa- I was going to say he looks like he's like either a caveman or in a band, like like a rugged band. Yeah. Um, but on, on Mark Stone, I think that Mark Stone is the legitimately best possible captain the Vegas could have ever selected ever. Like he has he's got the attitude, he's got yeah, the skill set, he's yeah. got the size. He's got everything, and he's running the show at Vegas. I love to see that. I, I really do. I, I would have never thought. He's got the con Smythe locked up so far. Oh, I, I, yeah, he, on, he does. Exactly, Russell. He does. I didn't think about that, honestly, mm-hmm. Russ. Mm-hmm. So, so after what? It's what? So after five games, we're really talking about Mark Stone and not Nate McKinnon or Landeskog or, or nothing. We're talking about Mark Stone. Here's the thing. Here's the thing, Manny. Here's the thing. We're talking about Mark Stone. Because I don't think anybody in, is sitting here knew how <clears throat> unbelievably impactful he would be to that team. And number two, Nathan McKinnon and Landeskog and Ranton have been talked about forever because they're unreal. And I don't think they need any more recognition um, than they're already getting, to be honest with you. I think they're studs. I think I was talking to my father last night uh, about – he actually just mentioned about the Boston first line. 
And he said, you think that's the first best first line in hockey? No doubt. And I said, I think the only line I'm going to put right next to him is the Landeskog, Rantanen, and McKinnon line. I don't think there's – that line's just pure all-stars. It's, like, hard to match, you know? Not uh, I follow Kopitar Brown. You don't <laughs> See, that was what I put, that's what I put third, sorry. Right? <laughs> yeah, Jack, if you're, like, one goal a game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, it's funny, though, because after all the praise and all the, the laurels that have been heaped upon, especially Nathan McKinnon, all yeah. of a sudden, all those people are coming out of the woodwork again. Can't get it done in the playoffs. Can't get it done in the playoffs. Big game comes, he disappears. So, I don't know. It's going to be interesting, I but I do want to ask you guys something. Yeah. Well, I mean, honestly, in this Vegas series, take out game one, right? Forget about game one. Game two, to be perfectly honest with you, Colorado didn't play that great. Vegas played a hell of a game. Yeah. Colorado got lucky in overtime. Let's be perfectly honest about things. And then Vegas has just completely taken this series over. But yeah. let me ask you a question. Does Montreal stand a chance against either Colorado or Vegas? I think so. I think they do. Why? And don't tell me Carey Price. Because Carey Price can't score. <laughs> they just they got everything working for them right now, guys. I mean, they're just feeling it. You know, they took that momentum from the Leaf series, and they're going with it now. I think they're going to make it respectable. The P3 injury is going to be tough. You are our Toronto guy. Please tell no, me. No, he's our Habs guy. We don't want him speaking. The Petrie injury is unfortunate. I mean, he's going to play. You know, he's going to have surgery after the playoffs, but I'm sure he's going to play. Um, you know, it, it, what's interesting, I think it was uh, Nate McKinnon was on. I think it was Spitting Chicklets like a year or so ago. Yeah. And some, and he was asked, like, who's who's the toughest, like, forward to go against? Like, as a, as who just, like, shuts you down the most? And his answer was Philip Deneau on Montreal. He's just on you the whole game. He doesn't give you anything to work with. And look what Dano has done to the star players on Toronto and Winnipeg in those first two series. Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner, who were putting up video game numbers all year. I mean, say what you want about the North Division, but the numbers they were putting up were just insane. They combined for one goal in that series. And then, you know, Kyle Connor, Nick Ehlers, Blake Wheeler didn't do anything in that series against Montreal either. So, well, it did you know, help, though, that Shifley was out. It did help, and it yeah, also it helped. helped that Tavares was out. So, you know, that, yeah, they did mm-hmm. get a little bit of good luck in that sense. But, yeah, I don't know. Montreal, it's, it's just going to come down to, you know, can Price and the Deneau line contain the top players offensively? Can they get some more timely offense from Toffoli and, and other guys? And it, it's, it's so weird this year because essentially there were four different leagues this year that only played each other. And now in these next mm-hmm. rounds, we're going to see, like, you know, those teams come together and play each other. And, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people are going to say Montreal doesn't have a shot. They're going to get swept. But, I mean, people said the same thing about Toronto. So, I mean, who knows? And those four different leagues, yeah. like, they all played four different types of hockey, too. That, that's what was so strange. I mean, the North yeah. Division played this, like, high-scoring, like, no-defense type of hockey. Southeast Division played, like, this, like, really fun, kind of exciting, also fast-paced type of game. And then, then the, the Bruins Division – they were all crunchy, and the West Division is kind of a mix of everything. So it's been, it'll be interesting to see them all come together and see the Canadians play the, yeah. the Golden Knights and the Avalanche winner, and then see the Bruin, the Isles now play whoever. Um, they'll play the Lightning now. So that'll be a fun series to watch, too. 
Yeah, I was just going to pop in and do a quick PSA that uh, the Isle series is done. They just buried the empty netter, so that's going to be it. Which is pretty, that's wild. Which is pretty, pretty wild. I, I, still, I still have not seen the goal. It's one hell of an empty netter, I'll tell you well, that. Well, I will that be is... rooting for the Islanders next round because I'm very good friends with Dennis Potman, who was our oh, Florida Panthers TV guy on the last season. You know, I don't know if you've ever been to MSG, Manny, but MSG There's is the one, one. Can't... The one chant they do. Oh, wow, another one. 6-2. Double empty net. I haven't uh, seen it yet. The chant at MSG, Manny, when they go, da-da-da-da-da, it's Pop Van Sucks. Because, <laughs> because he injured one of the Rangers studs back in whatever year that was they were playing okay. in the playoffs, and they never lived it down until 2021. I don't know. But so, they're, they're so the guy. The whole garden the rips open. It's pretty funny. Yeah, so I, so I basically asked him a quick question, like, so can any other team win but the Rangers? He goes, anybody but those guys, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I, I, I believe. <laughs> no, he had, he had a legitimate bone to pick with that organization. I don't know what it was, but it's good stuff. Well, all I can say is this, just to wrap up with the Vegas-Colorado series, I want to see Colorado win to play Montreal for one simple reason alone. I want to see Colorado wear the reverse retros against Montreal so we can just <laughs> have one more tie. <laughs> The yeah. Nordiques against the Habs. Finally, it, will be the, the and it will be the Lightning and the Islanders in the other the other matchups. So that's going to be, you know what? That really mm-hmm. kind of mirrors what's going to happen out with the other divisions, right? Because Colorado and Vegas play a similar game to, to, to Tampa Bay, and then Montreal plays a similar game to the Islanders. So we could either have a real exciting final or a boring. Go ahead, Ryan. I was going to say, you don't want to see Vegas's retro jerseys, Scott? <laughs> you know what ryan ryan i did see them the other day when i was in the grocery store in the mustard aisle i saw them oh. unbelievable <laughs> Jeez. i actually see it every day on the way leaving my apartment complex it's, it's, it's a big green box that gets picked up oh, every other day yeah, yeah. oh, it's beautiful, bro. Oh. <laughs> every tuesday <laughs> hey, hey! I do think there's worse reverse retros. I, I agree with that, Sam. There, there's, there's way worse. I mean, you know what's funny? I also lived with, I lived with since I'm a graduate now, which is pretty sad. I lived with an uh, Detroit Red Wings diehard fan, diehard Detroit fan. They horrible, got absolutely. Oh no, horrible! I know. No, I, I rip on them every day. Don't worry. <laughs> um, but they got absolutely fleeced. On the reverse retros. If you look at their jerseys, just take when you get a second to Google them. They're literally just pure white, sheet white, yeah. and then just a logo. There's no design. It's a practice jersey. No, that's the thing. That's that's what we call it. We're like, yo, they're in their practice jerseys tonight. Let's see if they get the W. I gotta see. These it's, a, it's actually. I, I honestly, I'm looking at these for the first time. They got completely. Really? They have no design, no 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 detail, nothing. It's a white T-shirt with the logo. It's like the Walgreens brand. Yes, literally. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's nothing on it. That's it. I, I mean, it's you guys, reverse I don't, it's an ultimate I don't, jersey. I don't like the Ducks reverse retros either, guys. No, they could have. Oh, I can't no. stand that one with the cartoon on it. Why didn't they? They have the, the perfect. Ducks yes, yeah, exactly, Ryan. Ryan, exactly. Ryan, they have, Ryan, they had the perfect retro logo. Perfect. And they ended yeah. up doing another one. Yes. Yeah. 
is yeah. that damn picture? Like, what are you doing, bro? like, what the hell? Yeah, alternate oranges with the with that old like duck mask logo. That one, yeah, that one's sweet. And they could have just gone like the El Clasico with the purple. Yeah, the purple duck face. Just go back to the purple and teal. Go back to the purple and teal. I don't know what they were trying to do. Yeah, the jerseys they have now too are just disgusting. I mean, like, what are you guys doing? I remember the blueberry colored jerseys they had with JS Chiguerra too. Those were those are bad as well. Yeah, those are those are just those. tough looking. Well, guys, when we wore the the Gretzky Heritage jerseys, remember they wore those like awful like burnt orange jerseys. Yeah, like come on, you guys got to get some yeah. better jerseys here. Like, yeah. They're doing other jerseys next year too, so we're we're good. They're gonna get a second chance. <laughs> Wait, they're doing uh, like another style jersey next year too, reverse retro. Yeah, no, yep. next style. year it's it's like a different like offshoot of the reverse retro. So it's going to be something different. Um, so let's see who screws up next year. What is this? Is it like a more creative touch on a retro next year? Or is I think so. I think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they they I mean, kind of like they kind of like left. Them. Yeah. Go ahead. Just a very quick question. Uh, let's go around the table. If you guys had to purchase a non-Kings reverse retro jersey, who would you pick? Scott, sir. That was easy. Minnesota. 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 Wow. I'd probably go, hold on, hold on. I have to actually look at all yeah, of Yeah, I know. I was Let me go ahead and put them up. Let me go I'm ahead and put them I'm going to go. Uh, that's tough. I'd go Whalers because it's just it's it's old school. They don't even really yeah. exist as a franchise anymore. I'm not. I mean, kind of yeah, playing neutral I, here. I, I kind of agree. Cool looking jerseys, but cool I almost jerseys. don't want to pick that one, Russ, because that's like I feel like that that's like the automatic winner because that's just such a classic logo in every way. Mm-hmm. But they made it but, silver. I mean, ah, yeah. I don't know. I kind of I don't know. I kind of liked it, but it was it was odd to look at for sure. Yeah, that's a nice pick. <clears throat> Yeah, yeah, so I the one it. I was going to go with was probably, I feel like I got a, the Sabres one. I love the swords. I love that. I like Sam's, Sam's the only person rooting for the Sabres. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's even funnier? I feel like I know a, a goddamn fan in every organization. All my cousins on my dad's side are live in Buffalo. So they're diehard Bu- Sabres fans. <laughs> poor guys. Um, yeah, so, poor guys is right. To chime in with mine, I I like the Flames black jerseys. I like the Blackhawks jerseys with the uh, retro emblem. Um, I'm looking at the photos now. And I also like the Jets. Yeah. I think I think and, uh, I like the Rams. I actually the don't the like I actually cool, don't like the, the wild. I, I don't, don't like the wild jersey. Yeah. Really? Yeah, I don't like them. Really? Wait a minute. Like can, can, someone, can someone please legitimately tell me what on earth is retro or different about the Predators jersey? <laughs> <laughs> it's the same jersey that they have every year. I think they were hoping nobody would notice. <laughs> I think that, yeah, right? I mean, the, the jig yeah. is up now. I, I like Calgary's. <laughs> I, I, like, I also like, I like the Panthers. I like the Lightning's. Panthers, yeah. Oh yeah, um, I, just, I just saw the Panthers. I like those, Manny. Panthers, yeah. And I'm sorry, yes. you know, Manny, what are, what are they doing? I know you're a you're a Panthers employee, so maybe you can't you can't say too much. But their old logo was so much better than the one they have now, right? Mm-hmm. The Panthers. Well, you have to also, you, yeah, you also have to remember that their owner is a proud veteran. 
Yeah, so at the, some it's point, the, it's the shield, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so at some point, they right. wanted to incorporate something military, and they and they loved the whole oval emblem shape, and they wanted a more fierce, um, you know. And hey, listen, me and Bill Lindsay, we even said if you want to just change the background of how the logo is presented, that's fine, but don't change the Panthers face, right? But that's I, I love the new jerseys. Uh, Nanny, I love the new jerseys that they have now. You know what I like about the new ones is the best part about them is the shoulder patch with the palm yes. trees, with the palm I, trees on them. I agree. That's yeah. that's yeah. awesome. But that but yeah, those you know, actually still came from the older version, so they never yeah. really changed that right at all. That's so. pretty cool. Yeah, I, that is cool. Oh. I don't know about you guys that are picking the Calgary jersey because you know honestly that logo that's it looks like least. it looks like a horse. No, yeah, I don't. I don't. Bit, my least favorite it, logo by far. I, I don't like yeah, the logo. It, it, I, I like everything else. It looks about like it. a horse that's sneezing hot sauce. I mean, it's terrible. <laughs> that, that's exactly what it is. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. To go back to what Sam was talking about Nashville, what did the Islanders change? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they didn't absolutely nothing as well. Two of them got like, changed their lines. So one of their, so one of their pictures is sideways. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so what we can oh, conclude boy. about this podcast is that Nashville and the Islanders both got screwed this year for the retros. Yeah. Guys, yeah. I, I will say, and I might be in the minority here, <laughs> I I like Edmonton's regular new jerseys, the all-navy blues. Oh, yeah. I, I like those. I think those are sharp. At first, I thought they were uh, retro jerseys or reverse retros, but those are their, their new ones. I like them better <laughs> than the the – what we're seeing on the screen here right now with the with the white what they used to have yeah mm-hmm. yeah i'm gonna have to go I with the whalers right. it's just original to me yeah I, the whalers is tough to pass it, 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 yeah I, it, um i don't know if russell can kind of see it the way that i do but i just feel like i understand right it's adidas they're trying to create a splash but if you're an organization that has been you know around for 15 20 years the word retro I mean, you don't need to go ahead and make a practice jersey or, you know, basically the same style that you kind of kind of already have or just go totally different. Like, I'm still trying to figure out why the Jets went with the with that gray. Um, you know, like the wings mm-hmm. went with the all white, um, you know, like oh. Toronto. Jesus Christ. Like, be more inventive. Vancouver um, went with, like, the gradient <laughs> pattern. It's just kind of weird, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. and then I looked at the blues and I look at Columbus. I'm like, eh. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> what? But then so, Pittsburgh. Oh, saw, I can see. Um, Go ahead, Jack. We saw the Hurricanes. You know, used the, like the Whalers jerseys and the Avalanches and Nordiques jerseys. And I don't know what the Jets were doing. Am I the only one who wants the the Jets to embrace their Atlanta Thrashers history here? Stop, <laughs> pretend, stop pretending it's the same team. That's in Phoenix now. Yes. Yes, Jack. I, I think you are the only one. <laughs> I like how I like how the Sharks only get one photo of their jersey in this whole lineup. It's that bad. <laughs> They're trying to I hide made it. sure of that. <laughs> the Bruins get three. Everyone else has like two, and the Sharks get one. <laughs> By the way, what are your thoughts on the Coyotes? Uh, See, I, I that's like a, that is another it, one of me, right? It's like all they had to do was get the Coyote that is skating in that in that black background. With the brown squares, right? They, that that's like that. their yeah. They, that's like one of their permanent jerseys now, right? Their alternate. I think I don't, I don't know. They, I don't they wore this is. purple. They wore this purple one uh, once against so it's this year. Excuse me. Right. Well, that was the whole point of the reverse retros to wear them like two or three times. So right. 
I mean, I wish they would go back to the Kachina jerseys. I, well, well, they wear them at home. Yeah, so. I was going to say they wear those at home. I but think they don't I wear don't them know. on the road. It's I mean, weird. all the time though. I don't know. Just if get rid yeah. of that other. Just get rid I of that. I don't know if they're like the King Saturday Silvers or whatever. Which I might be in the minority too, but I, I love those jerseys. I love those. By I'm going to sign off now. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I, 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 I thought it was great whenever. I knew that the Kings were playing at home and they always wore those. Like, I think it was two years ago. It was every single Saturday night game. They always wore those. By the way, I think Pittsburgh just kept it the way they were supposed to per se. Cause when I look at theirs, it, it reminds me of the Yager days with Lemieux and, you know, Martin yeah, Strzok things like that. Like, like I thought they kept it, you know, neutral. <clears throat> you know, what's going to be great. If somebody tunes into this podcast, like it just starts at the 40 minute mark in, they're going to think they're listening to a podcast from like, January. Because <laughs> that's when all the reverse retros came out. Like, Wait a minute. It's June. What the hell are these guys talking about? <laughs> this kind of went off on a tangent here, but sorry. Yeah. So Do we want to dive we, into uh, some? Yeah, you're going to take the words on questions. Listener questions. You got it. Let's do it. So we've already answered one. We answered Blake D's from the IE. Uh, it was about the grand signing. So we pretty much covered all that. Uh, let's see. So we'll start right from the top here. Let's go with uh, King Me, 1214, 1214. Oh, I get it. I like it. Anyways, <laughs> curious on who could we poach away from Tampa this year? They're going to have to get rid of at least two players. Not interested in Tyler Johnson. Your thoughts? Somebody want to chime in? Not really. No. Oh, um, I'll, I'll go. <laughs> Wait a second. Wait a minute. Ryan, yeah, you have injured your shoulder raising your hand so much, and now you don't want to talk. <laughs> it's hey, hey, Scott's got a point here, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> I have so much to say. <laughs> and you lost hey, wait, it. Uh, quick, quick tangent, guys. Have you guys ever seen the movie Waiting? Nope. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You know Mitch the trainee? Yeah, mm-hmm. Mr. You can't get a word in. That's how I feel around my household. I try to speak. <laughs> I'm interrupted by kids screaming, my you know, wife talking like that. So, so Ryan, like, when are you going to have the blow up? Yeah, yeah you gonna give us the <laughs> I've been trying to talk all goddamn day. <laughs> that's that's how I feel like. So uh, that's why I come here so I can talk. <laughs> I mean, I guess to go back to the lightning, and you still but, can't. Yeah, yeah, to go. I mean, to go into the lightning. They yeah, they they're cap troubles are, are i mean it's not a news to everybody we we all saw what they were able to do with the ltir this year so we'll see we'll see what they're able to do this year excuse me um had too much beer so far but um yeah i don't know i've, I've heard like there are going to be trades that happen that are just kind of like oh wow we didn't see that player become available and i think someone on twitter mentioned that too because i mean when the mike richards trade went down that was kind of like out of nowhere so I think we might see it. I mean, who knows? Maybe Braden Point is available. He's an RFA after next year. Maybe they don't have the room to re-sign him. He's a great player. Um, but, they, yeah, they got some cap crunch with Nikita Kucherov, a big deal. Steven Stamkos is a big deal. And they got Victor Hedman and Vasilevsky, who's got some big contracts too. So it's a lot of, a lot of cap space being taken up by just a few amount of players. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, it, it, it depends on, you know, if the Lightning are looking to move guys with term or guys short term. You know, I see a lot of, you know, contracts on Tampa that I'm not really sure I want to take on. Like, you know, Palat and Gord are both making, you know, more than $5 million and Sorelli's making almost five. And, and these are good players, but you see how Tampa kind of got themselves in this cap crunch where they basically, you know, 
could just tell Kucherov to take the year off and we'll see you in the playoffs. Um, <laughs> you know, the, the, you know, I, I you know, I, I can't see them trading Braden Point. He's just so good. Yeah. You know, I, I feel like they're just gonna they're gonna find a way to do whatever it takes to keep him. Um, yeah, I don't know. We, you know, I look at these contracts on Tampa, and you know they have some free agents. Like you know, I'm sure Blake Coleman's gonna get a lot of interest as as a UFA. Yeah, I agree. Team. I wouldn't mind him in the Kings. Yeah. There was one guy I hated in the whole Florida series. It was Coleman, man. The man yeah. just did it on an, you know, he did it on both ends too. I know. And, I, really and, then, and then and then I guess if you're if you're a Kings fan, as much as you want maybe one solid added defenseman, and as much as you probably want that goal scorer guy, if you get a if you get a couple that can play on both ends, man, that just makes everybody else's job so much more easier. It makes Dowdy's job easier, it makes Kopitar's job easier. Which at the end of the day, we kind of saw, right? As the season went on, those guys just wore out. There wasn't that those those type of players that can play and have the brains of both ends on the ice, and it just carried them to not being able to do much towards the end. So if you get a player like that that they can play both, you know, I think that's a huge thing for them. <laughs> well, guys, if we're if we're not looking at forwards from the Lightning, bring me Mikhail Sergachev. Yeah, bring absolutely. bring him to me. I don't. I don't know. They're gonna have to get rid of somebody. Bring him He's to the good, to yeah. the Kings. He's very so good. good. He blocks a ton of shots too. Oh yeah, a ton of shots, He's which is so huge. Yeah. And he's just a unit. They also had old. a chance to sign him too. Twenty-three. They had a chance. Yeah, Twenty-three. He's a literal brick house. Like he's built yeah. like a veteran. Yeah, they had a chance to offer sheet him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's an interesting that, that, That's the ugly mug you want in a Kings jersey. <laughs> no, Sam. Bring him to me. <laughs> Sam says he's a brick house. No, he's going to join the Commodores instead. Thanks, Sam. <laughs> the Rink no, Royalty Court is in session. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Ryan said bring him to oh, me. Man. <laughs> <laughs> he's staying with you, Manny. <laughs> no, not in Florida. <laughs> hey, Panthers you know, would I love look to at have this yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. You know, but I do look at this Tampa Bay roster and I see three problem contracts for them. Of course, the Tyler Johnson one's been beat to death. I'm not so sure that four more years of Yanni Gord at 5.16 million per season is worth it. And then you look on their defense, Ryan McDonough is a great defenseman, but he's going to be 31. He is 31 years old and he they're on the hook for five more years with him at 6.75 million. That, that reminds me of Brent exactly, Seabrook in Chicago. That's exactly the person so, I was going to bring up, Scott uh, Ryan McDonough. Because I mean, he's 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 great. He's obviously great. You got a letter and everything, um, but he's old. And I think that some there's there's definitely that they're at that point where they have to like kind of they need to they don't have enough money to pay all these guys. They're a team full of. I think Tampa Bay Lightning is the best team on paper in the league. Maybe the Leafs would be right behind that, but on paper, I think. They should not struggle to win a hockey game. They're unreal. And McDonough's obviously he's got the A and everything. He's good, but there's been a lot of talk of lack of production this season, particularly, and a, a lot of talk about potentially dishing him out. But I think it's hard because he's a I, I don't know. It's hard to say he's a core guy because he's been there not that long. Obviously, he got dished out for the Rangers a year or two ago, but he's got a letter and he's still one of the best defenses in the league, whether he's putting up points or not which is what they announcers always say. They said if he's not producing, he's producing on the ice physically, whether he's disrupting play, making plays or not. 
he's still a force and I, I wouldn't give up on him, but if they're trying to make room for money, like you've been saying, it's definitely a guy that should be on the radar to maybe dish out. Right. And you know, here's the, the problem with, well, the problem that Tampa Bay is going to have is until they brought in guys like Blake Coleman, Barkley Goudreau, Pat Maroon, not for nothing, they were Toronto South. And then you bring in these grit guys, then this is when they started to win, right? But unfortunately, because of all these big contracts, it's those grit guys that are probably going to end up having to go just to get under the cap. It's true. The inter- interesting thing about that, Scott, is, is that's what Toronto tried to do this year. They brought in, you know, Bellino and Simmons and, and you know, all these, like, bottom six grit guys. And we're like, yeah, maybe this will get us over the hump. And, well, we know how that turned out. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, you got to give it more than one shot. I mean, that's basically what the yeah. Tampa Bay ended up doing. And then once they figured out the, the right combo – but I know what you mean, Jack. There's no that had to be so disappointing. Oh my God, couldn't even imagine. Can yeah. we just point to the fact that Sam called Ryan McDonough old when I'm going to be 32 and hey, hey, old for <laughs> old for the NHL standard? All right, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, he's also probably just at the first and podcasting. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> hey. Ryan, when you hit 46, you don't get offended by anything anymore. So you have something to look forward to anyway. Don't, don't worry. I don't I don't consider you old until you hit the five. All right. I'll give you that. You gotta hit the five. Scott, you're almost there. Well, I got I know, right? So not, not hey, yet, though. Then Scott. I'll, be, I'll be the elder statesman of rank royalty. <laughs> yeah. Oh, let's move on to another listener question, shall we? And of course, we I can't believe I didn't lead off of them. I, I really screwed up. I did. But you know what? This is the happy hour night. So, uh, Mr. Richard Sarabia, Dirty Harry, wants to know, with new recent contracts given, does that mean other players will be traded? Does it mean other players won't be resigned? Does it affect who gets protection from Seattle? And I think he's referring to possibly the Trevor Moore looks like going to be resigned. Um, they're thinking Andre is going to be resigned. So, what do you guys think? Okay, I guess the best way to frame this right now, who do you guys think is the one that Seattle's going to pluck off the Kings roster? I mean, right now, at this point, everyone's expecting Kel Clegg to be the, the person. But I, with, like Richard mentioned, I don't think uh, these new signings, they're, they're not going to affect the expansion draft. The, the players are, aren't going to need to be protected. They'll be exempt. So, um, yeah, I think Kel Clegg's probably the player to expect to lose if not if i mean if the kings were to stand pat but we've kind of gone over it i think there'll be some trades that'll that'll happen prior to the expansion draft and i think that's when we'll start seeing some other kind of movements who knows i mean maybe the kings make those deals to take on those two forwards before the expansion draft and now the expansion draft, but and, and use kale clay in a trade so or use certain players in a trade so we'll see what happens yeah, I, I think so, because that kind of ties in with the other question that we have, and it's from uh, Section 951. Uh, I can't quite read what his, uh, the handle is, so I'm just going to say Section 951, and he wanted to know, with the Seattle expansion draft coming up, is it safe to say that the Kings wouldn't make a big trade until the expansion draft's over? Now, I know we touched on that a little bit earlier, but uh, what do you guys think? Is it is it going to happen before the expansion draft, or are they going to pull the trigger after? I think a lot because, of business is going to wait until afterwards and anything that happens beforehand is going to have that, you know, calculation in mind of, is this going to affect us in a positive way for the draft and make us lose someone 
you know, less painful than we might have lost otherwise. Like, you know, Ovi's not going to re-sign a Washington until the draft's over because that's one less player they got to protect. You know, a lot of a lot of teams are going to do something similar to that, I think. So, yeah, I, I think for the Kings as well, you know, un, unless they unless they're making a trade where they're moving out someone they're worried they might lose, you know, I I think that uh, you know, we're, we're going to probably wait to see anything big happen afterwards. I agree, Jack. Yeah, I don't have anything to add. Wow, you don't. <laughs> I don't. I said it perfectly. Yeah, I think it, it, a lot of these teams are just going to wait until after Seattle picks and then see where the dust settles. Yeah, I think I think there's a lot of truth to that because you got to remember you got the expansion draft July 21st, the entry draft is July 23rd and 24th, and free agent frenzy opens up July 28th. So you got a, mm-hmm. a lot of moving parts there. So. I mean, I guess it's possible you see a big deal, but I, I don't. I just don't see it happening. I really don't. And just one question I want to ask you guys. Gonna, just once and quick. for all, is is? Oh, go ahead. It'll be interesting to see what other teams, if there is a big deal, to see what other teams do make that big deal before the the expansion draft. Right, right, and that's that's the whole thing. But uh, what do you guys think? Is the Jack Eichel to LA rumor completely dead now, or what? No, I don't. Can we put I that. Don't think so I, I don't. I don't think so at all. I mean, why are we? I don't understand why we're putting this. Bet. I think people are starting to forget how good of a player Jack Eichel really is. I mean, we're still talking about a top ten center in the league. I mean, yeah, we could. I don't know. <clears throat> the, the talk about his contract, I get it. Ten million dollars for the next five years, understandable. But yeah, if he's if he's fully healthy, and I'm sure the Kings would do the the digging on that before making any kind of deal. Um, if he's fully healthy and playing him behind Kopitar, and and if the Kings are able to keep Byfield, that top three that you, when you run those three centers out on the ice, that's that's a playoff team. That's a playoff team going next season. And I don't I don't think the trade and the packages that we'll have to get at Jack Eichel. Is as high as people think. I think people kind of see. I think GMs kind of see the writing on the wall in Buffalo, and that contract is going to scare some GMs from making it. Um, so I think the Kings can take advantage and get a get Jack Eichel at a cheap price if they wanted to make that trade. Yeah, and Russ, to your point, I mean, uh, if they were to acquire him, first of all, they'd be limited in what they could do for the next few years until the Browns, the the Quicks, mm-hmm. uh, et cetera, come off the books. But if they could somehow keep Byfield, you know, you're looking at a Kopi, Eichel, <laughs> a Byfield down the middle. Uh, obviously, uh, I would imagine that Gabe Velarde, Alex Turcotte, maybe first-round pick plus more mm-hmm. is part of that package uh, the other way. But, um, yeah, that's a formidable team that you have there. But it, uh, at the same token, it also limits what else you can do this offseason. Yeah, and I've so, brought it up before. I think it's, it's almost like an NFL comparable here with you see NFL teams with these rookie quarterbacks who are able to keep these contracts low and then bring in this extra talent. I think that's kind of the, almost the situation that the Kings are in when you have Quentin Byfield on an ELC, Arthur Kelly, if you're able to keep him on ELC, Kupari, Lee Sand, or whoever. I mean, every all these young players, and you bring them in with a Jack Eichel and maybe one more piece – yeah, that's a like that's obviously a playoff team with how weak the Pacific Division is going to be next year. 
Well, and not only that, if you bring in somebody like Eichel, like you guys just said, you got Kopi, Eichel, Byfield on the middle. And what that does is give you the flexibility going forward to eventually start sliding Kopi down the lineup because he's not going to be your number one center forever. Exactly. He's still obviously got a lot of tread left on the tires, but you have to start preparing for that eventuality that you can't rely on Kopi, you know, 22 to 24 minutes a game. So that's another nice little luxury to have. Yeah, and, you know, the ideal scenario is in a couple of years, you know, when Kopi he maybe starts to slow down a bit, you know, maybe at that point you got, you know, you got a guy like Quentin Byfield who's ready to step up and be a number one center. But, you know, that's certainly not a guarantee. You know, I have very high hopes for Byfield. I think he's got all the potential in the world. But, I mean, Jack Eichel is, is certainly much more of a, of a sure thing in terms of what we've already seen him do at the NHL level. The question, you know, really is just about the health, you know. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so that that's something that before you give up a massive package to acquire him, you really got to take a deep look at those medicals and, and make sure that uh, you're comfortable with that. I think Manny wants. Oh, to there's see. no doubt about it. <laughs> he has his hand up. He can't. He he's muted now. Can I, I talk? Yeah. Can I talk? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One thing I am very excited for is the scene. <laughs> The Staples Center being packed again. Yeah. For an LA absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's gonna be, it's gonna be I think I, I think my dog as well is very excited. <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you a question, Manny. As a, a Florida Panthers employee, uh if indeed the, the Kings do not get Jack Eichel, will you be excited to see Alexander Barkov signing with the Kings as a free agent after next season? Oh now we're it will, it will hurt. It will hurt immensely because I feel like for him to leave after being named captain, not even three years into it. Um, but hey, if it happens, yeah. it happens, man. man. I'm like, listen, you guys know this, right? I grew up a Flyers fan. I mean, I I right. grew up with the Brasby Bullies, with Wayne Primo, Eric Lindros, John Leclerc, Eric Desjardins, John Van Beesbro. Like, I grew up watching those guys. When Jeff Carter and Mike Richards. All of a sudden, we're wearing Kings jerseys. I don't think I was like there was no other bigger fan than me, to be honest with you. And then when Wayne Simmons leaves the Kings and joins the Flyers, I was like, man, it's like a match made in heaven. To me. It's Flyers and Kings all over again, right? Because the Flyers suck. Patrick Kane broke my heart, and here comes the Kings two years later with a cup. Oh, it's destiny, baby! I'm not waiting fifty years for a Flyers cup. <laughs> I just saw that highlight today. I think that was uh, that was. Uh... 11 years ago today. Yeah, that was maybe the weirdest wow. overtime goal of all time. Just Stanley Cup winning overtime goal. Oh, well, we talked yeah. about it with Colin Frazier, too. Nobody, yeah. nobody knew that the goal went in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if you guys noticed, but I but I did write on the chat, God, I hate these last 30 seconds, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, like, and, like, still, I can still remember watching it live. It was just a weak shot. Kimo Atiman and he's looking like the puck went around the boards, and Patrick Kane's the only one running towards the other side, jumping like a maniac. I'm like, what just happened? Mm-hmm. Right? And then it's like, oh no. Oh no, here we go. That's it. That's it. And then uh my VA, my VA Lino uh, MVP talk for next season went to crap because he never lived up to what I thought he was gonna be. <laughs> well, at least they didn't give him the contract stuff a little bit. Yeah. All right. <laughs> oh, well, guys, I think uh, I think we're all needing another beer here. So I think we uh, maybe wrap this one up. What do you guys think? Yeah, sounds good. It's too, it's too bad we don't have another game uh, tonight. You know, 
Yeah, I know. It's like now yeah. what do I do? Well, hey. <laughs> well, we can, well, well so I'll tell you what. Let's Vegas get in for the last call. Let's have a beer for the Islanders. If Vegas What's wins that? tomorrow night, I, I assume you guys are all hopping on the Habs bandwagon for, uh, for round three. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, how weird is oh, that? Oh, yeah. No, Jack, oh, Jack. Yeah. Jack, Listen, I'm very, I'm very happy. Tyler to Foley, baby. Tyler to Foley. What, what a year he's having. Man. Yeah, right? The oh, hat yeah. trick, the hat trick hero against the Avs in the winter game. Yeah. Give me that guy. <laughs> unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. <laughs> yes, indeed. If Vegas does win, we are definitely on the Habs bandwagon. So make no mistake about that. And even if the Colorado wins, hey, you'd still like to see Tyler to Foley get one. So absolutely. Either way. Yeah. Either way. So, anyways, guys, the uh, bartender's calling last call, so we better get out of here and go get one more drink before we all pass out to the floor. So, <laughs> with that said, for Ryan Sykes, for Manny Chain, for Sam Orlani, for Russell Morgan, and for Jack Weber, I'm Scott Kimball. Thanks for listening to the Smorgasbord of Drunken Fun. We appreciate it, and we will see you the next time on the Hockey Royalty Podcast. Have a good one. Uh-huh.